Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's What If. Love can break more than your heart. It can shatter your mind. Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and I'll be your guide through these alternate realities in this Watch Club for What If Episode 4, titled, What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands? If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode, well, you have to wonder, what if you did and then came right back to join us for some interdimensional conversation? Now, before we are all, you know, absorbed into Doctor Strange, let me introduce you to our lovely versions of hosts joining us today. First up, he's Justin. Hey, hey. But listen, what if he was slightly louder and just a little bit more into sports? He'd be Kevin Hudson. Uh-huh. And in which book did you read that? <laughs> hey, listen, if it was a book, it would be a book by another version of you who probably wrote it after all his inspiration of all his amazing comic book collection. Of course, I'm talking about what if he was slightly shorter, higher... And had longer hair, he'd be Darcy Hudson. Yo and hello. Darcy, I gotta tell you, the the Comertage Library has <laughs> nothing on you with your MCU uh, comic book collection, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I probably have a few more books than uh, that one library there. Maybe. <laughs> that, that, they're all in my own little locker locked away somewhere. So There we go. There you go. But maybe not the library of Cagliarosto? Cagliostro. I'm so excited to chat with all of you about episode four. Uh, Let's get right into our, our intro. We have watched how one moment, one choice, can ripple across space and time, giving birth to new stories, heroes, whole universes. But what if it's the wrong choice? What if the best of intentions has very strange consequences? What if in this universe, Stephen Strange didn't lose his hands, but his heart? All right, so let's just dive right into this. Um, you know, through the multiverse, I want to hear your high-level thoughts on this episode. Kevin, why don't you start us off this week? Oh, uh-oh. Uh, this might not be the best decision, is I'll probably have uh, a more negative spin on the episode than everyone else. Um, there we go. I just, it, it, I just, this is definitely my least favorite of the four, and wow. I'm not sure what it was about it. If it was, I know it's an animated series, but it felt really cartoony at times, especially in the middle when he's sort of going through his transformation. And I also thought the whole premise of this show was sort of how one decision or one choice could change everything around you know, a character throughout a universe. Whereas this was just like something completely different happens and it can't be undone. And so that's the difference here. You know what I mean? It just, it didn't feel like the same kind of setup that we'd had in the previous three episodes. And so that didn't really click with me as much, I guess. Hmm. But I will say that the last couple minutes, the ending of this episode certainly saved it in some regards. And I can't wait till we sort of break all that down a little later. But yeah, again, just not my favorite of the of the series so far. 
Nice. I mean, I, I will say, Kevin, I, I agree with you on some of those points. I do think from a standpoint of um, the fact that it is an animated series, I think it, that's what affords it the ability to do some of those kind of uh, yeah. really strange things, no pun intended. But yeah. uh, Justin, why don't you uh, give us your high level thoughts, my friend? I thought the episode was great. You know, it, it shows our hero as, as a tragic character who, who's allowed himself to get this way. Uh, you know, it's an emotional story rooted in something I feel like that's very relatable mm. for, for anyone, really. You know, wanting to see the one that you love, like, you know, alive again. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that it, it does a really good job of of kind of showcasing just how Dr. Strange's arrogance kind of shifted from loving himself once he fully embraced loving someone else. Um, it still led him down the same path uh, to, to a certain degree, but it, it's interesting to see how, how from him allowing his heart to be kind of open to someone else, it's actually turned him into a very sad and tragic character. You know, it, it's interesting because it, it, in, in many ways, it allows you to kind of like after this episode, just to kind of like take a step back look at what just happened in this episode and really kind of see how it could have some some broader implications to the MCU yeah. moving forward. And I think the fact that the cast, the voicing cast, it's all the the actual people from the movie, yeah. which, you know, that must mean that for them to come in, it must have some sort of relatable connection to their characters yeah. in some yeah. capacity. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely we'll see. We'll, We'll definitely get into that. I'm that sure. or it's a lot cheaper than getting Chris Evans in the booth for, you know, lines of Steve Rogers, you know. Potentially, potentially. But I mean, Benedict, I'm sure Benedict Wong and Cumberbatch are both uh, pricey. Darcy, um, you know, this episode, obviously, as Kevin mentioned, is kind of taking us in a little bit of a, a different direction than we're used to. What did you think of uh, of episode four here? Uh, I really liked it. I thought, especially after last week's episode, I'm like, it'll, I feel like it'll be hard for the, them to follow up in terms for me because I liked last week's episode so much. And I find myself liking this episode just as much. I nice. really enjoyed the idea of like, to me, it was he didn't get humbled. You know, losing his hands and the one thing he was good at really made him take a step back to look at himself. Sure. Whereas in this one, he he never broke up with uh, with Palmer. It seems like that was the that was the one change is that they never broke up and they were still together on the night of the accident. So as opposed to him losing the hands, it was her, and it was still he was still cocky. I can do everything myself, and I feel like that was the change in the character that I thought was really unique way to to spin on. Like you said, taking it down a darker and more tragic path. Uh, again, I'm uh, being the comic book fan. There was a lot of, of references towards the, uh, the comics as well, so that goes a long way in my book. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as much as I know that some of you guys, or Kevin specifically, say that it's it, this this stuff is meant for the general audience, and the the average viewer won't know the stuff that I do. I still think it's really cool how they're they're connecting some of these things from the source material. For sure. Comic reference counters at one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there we uh, go. That wasn't even a reference. That was oh. referencing how I like reference. <laughs> it was kind of you. You took that was an a reference opportunity to, to mention yes. comics. Yeah, if it. you say the word comics, Darcy, you're going to get dinged, all right? But listen, um, I agree. I think this episode was great. I think the fact that it does dive headfirst into time travel and timelines and um, it's kind of been the darkest episode that we've seen yet, even darker than last week's, I think. Yeah. Um, it was, it was pretty, really yeah, sad, yeah. and I, I enjoyed kind of how they they did keep it sad. I, don't, I think mm-hmm. the the MCU could use a, a little bit more of that, uh, you know, outside of just Endgame and Infinity War uh, moments. So I think, you know, it was pretty cool. It was cool to see as a character study of Stephen Strange. Um, um, also, I think this episode gives uh, some really interesting opportunities, like you said, Justin, for what we could see in the MCU proper. But before we dive into all that, uh, let's start with that time loop. I know for me it was heartbreaking to see Steve, uh, you know, lose 
Christine over and over and over again. What did you guys think of the the time loop that we see the good doctor stuck in? Well, I thought before we get into the time loop, I thought it was mm. really interesting. Again, going back to my point about how he was never humbled. When we see his training montage that we saw in the, the movie originally, we see him perfectly pulling off that sling ring right away, it seems. Again, his the not losing the use of his hands. He has the full confidence in himself to be able to pull this sure. stuff off. And yeah. it's that that leads him down the, the path to wanting more power. So Because he's like, if I have the power, I can do it. So I thought that was a really unique way of already just to start leading into that. Like this is a different strange, even when it approaches to the mystical arts. He 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 is more open to believing in them now, despite having never been hum- humbled. So I thought that was You're a really right. cool way to start that off. Yeah, I didn't even think about those those differences. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, a hundred percent, Darcy. I think that his loss is really what drove him to want to achieve the success uh, of what he wanted much different from the apparatus in the film which was you know his his hands and and what made him a a a great doctor but with that as well I, i thought it was really interesting though that regardless of what was lost in either of these two stories it still led him down the same path of having to be the one that has to confront Dormammu and and inevitably you know stop the the universe from being like consumed by him um so i i think that like that is the absolute point as they will mention through you know as a reference in this episode and i think that that's super telling is that that was meant to happen that was always meant to happen and tying into that loop they really do hit that home as to how integral it is for for dr strange's development for him to get to where he needs to be it has to happen i just all of the characters around him seem to be quite aware of how dangerous the pursuit of of you know trying to change something that's concrete in time and yet his path is exactly the same whether it affects him personally or someone around him i just thought that was almost a little contrived that you know the two vastly different scenarios that take place in his life still lead him down the exact same path basically in the exact same way it's just all a little too contrived for me to to really zip through the, the same way that the previous three episodes had in terms of a single moment changing everything. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we see what it does to, I think mostly to him and in the in terms of, I did kind of dig how they sort of split that off. But starting off with that, that time loop, it's funny because it, it reminded me uh, so much of this game I played through on stream called 12 Minutes, hmm. uh, which is a game actually set in a time loop as well. And just, I don't know, man, seeing all the different variations of Christine's death as an absolute point in time, it just it being so final it was just mm-hmm. so sad and it's just something that again we we talk about the MCU and we talk about these these ideas of multiverses being a little scary because again it's sort of just like oh they can just do whatever they want i guess they can bring characters back from the dead whatever they want it doesn't matter um i thought the uh, the aspect of introducing us to this concept of an absolute point in time or at least reaffirming that absolute point in time uh, was really cool because it 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 kind of helps us to understand like, no, no, they can write in stops. Like they can write in moments to say like, no, no, we can't change that stuff. I mean, first of all, who defines what becomes an absolute moment in time? The writers of the you MCU. Know, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the but events, also, right? <laughs> sure. I guess, but that's again, a little too convenient, a little <laughs> bit too like, oh, now there's all of a sudden things that can't be changed. Right. But also, did anybody have an attachment to the character of Christine from the first Doctor Strange movie? Did anybody really care? And so when suddenly he's madly in love with her and will literally let the universe around him come to an end for this love for her, right. if that's what's different in this what-if scenario... We're, not, we're never given that sort of 
demonstration of that love. It's just, oh, it's there. Okay, la-ti-da, let's continue on with the episode. I mean, I will just quickly say that it's an amazing sequence. Yeah. The, 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 the time loop is incredible, but I just wasn't as attached to it as I think I would have been if it were between two other characters that we'd You've seen, seen the relationship have more for. of an attachment. Sure like, a, sure, like a vision in Wanda at this point. Sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. I feel like uh, the episode they they do a good job of describing what the absolute point is in the fact that it's the paradox thing, like a Back to the Future style. If you go back and stop your parents from getting together, you will never exist, and therefore you'll just disappear. It's along those lines of the, the fact that it was her death that led him down the path to myth- mystical arts, and without that happening, he would never go down that route, no matter what he does that point has to happen. Your stereotypical time traveler's paradox. I mean, if you're familiar with Doctor Who, you, you've understood that theory as well because they've explored it a million times in that show. So yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's about how you can't go back and change something that was pivotal in your growth as a character. That's just uh, irrefutable fact, basically. Right. And uh, Kevin, I do think, you know, again, I'm... I'm- I'm down to be harsh on the on the writing for these things because again, like we've seen amazing writing in the MCU that does make a lot of sense. Um, but I'm going to reference a comic here. I uh, I read through the first uh, five issues of Marvel Zombies on uh, you know while I was waiting for dinner reservations on a recent vacation, and uh, I will tell you, you know, I think I see the potential for where that story is going. Uh, I'm obviously not going to spoil anything on it, um, but the the first few issues of that that comic you're, you're reading it and it's the i mean these are zombies talking to each other and it's it's very um you really have to kind of just give them a, a little bit of time to to flesh that out it's no pun intended clanky. it's yes very, it's very clanky yeah. it's very it's very like i'm hungry me go over here and and it's like i why did we do that because i'm hungry and it's obviously i know that they're building to something smarter than that um, because you can you can get there by the end of the fifth I- issue, but and it, and it's also a, <laughs> a zombies thing. It's supposed to be fun. I get that, but I think it's one of those things where we look at the source material for these shows. We look at the source material for the MCU. They're pulling from some storylines that, if you were to put that dialogue and translate it straight across, would probably frustrate the crap out of you, Kevin. So I'm assuming that you know. Or, 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 sorry, what I'm trying to say is this episode does such a good job still with the dialogue, with the way that they talk about these things. And I think that's one of the strengths of what they're doing with the MCU right now. And I think a lot of, like, a lot of this show has to do with this, is the suspension of disbelief that's very common in just, you know, any any form of media. Uh, and it's just like, you're supposed, we already know the characters and we can be in the first Doctor Strange movie, we saw the inklings of the romance that was left behind, basically. So it, it's not too much of a stretch to me to think about what if, you know, Strange focused a bit more on her and led down this path, basically. So I thought it was very unique. She is uh, coming back like, too, right? For the movie. Yeah. So she, she will yeah. be there. Yeah, she was cast. And yeah. I mean, I was going to, I was trying not to say this too, but her character in the comics. Uh, two. There two. we go. She's known as a night, as night nurse who is a like a, uh, the doctor or the healer of most of the street level heroes we see in New like York. Daredevil, so like Daredevil, right? Daredevil, Luke oh, Cage, all, Luke the, Cage, all yeah. the defenders basically go to her. Yeah. I think her. So it's interesting that we've seen basically two iterations of the Night Nurse in the MCU and then looking at the Netflix shows. So right, thought, yeah, because Rosario Dawson was was, was yes. the Night Nurse there. So yeah, I think that that's, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I agree um, with, with you. The, you know, the absolute point... Um, 
it just it just affirms the fact that that the confrontation with Dormammu was was meant to happen regardless of what story you're looking at um with whatever whatever that loss was he was to find his path in the mystic arts and 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 do that confrontation so i think that that they've 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 hammered that in as a new term in the MCU that i think we can you know definitively understand they'll use it again they'll use yeah. it again and we'll see it we'll see it sooner than later I think it's one of those multi multiverse terms. Oh, yeah. It's that as we'll along hear. the lines of variant yeah. and nexus yep. event and all that stuff. All the, they're all basically different words for the same thing. Yep. It's just a cheap plot device in this instance. <laughs> it's just so convenient. Sure. sure. And that's, the, dude, again, that's totally your opinion and that's totally fine, right? I think it's, it is exciting, though, that they are, to your, to my other co host's point, that they are going to be, uh, moving forward with with that as a, a definable term. Now, Darcy, I've got a question. This one's uh, for you specifically. Uh, you know, we've talked about Dormammu and and the ancient one. Who the mm-hmm. frick is Cagliostro again? Because I I kind of remember, but I, I I know for our some of our audiences listening, they might uh, appreciate uh, a good understanding of who Cagliostro actually is. Yeah, well, so that's actually very interesting because Cagliostro uh, existed in the real world. He was known as a he was an Italian adventurer who, after his death, was became known as a charlatan because he claimed to be a master of magic, and okay. he uh, he'd find all these ruins and stuff like that. And it came out later on that he was basically just pulling all that stuff out of his ass and lying about it. So it's interesting <laughs> that uh, Marvel decided, you know, back whenever they were introducing Doctor Strange, to introduce this character into the Marvel universe and have him be the fully fledged magician that we know him. Uh, and he is the master of time travel, basically. He's the one who defined how time travel works and how you can use magic to go about accomplishing it. And in the MCU, clearly that is uh, something that he's done as well in that he his book is the one that is in, like the pivotal point of the first Doctor Strange movie where he spent time reading or researching how to go about, you know, fixing the past or as changing an event that he wanted to change. So it's, it's basically a book or the Bible of time travel magics and you know everything forbidden about them okay so he's he's like the first one he's the number one guy it's it's interesting uh we got db cooper in in the loki series and Mm -hmm. so it's cool to see that marvel is able to take these real world scenarios and just say like what if you know this actually was the the case look at one of their biggest heroes that we've seen on the screen too thor he's based on Norse mythology right exactly like marvel's not afraid to go into stuff that is a normal uh you know canon if you will to everyone who lives in the world they've heard about this at least once or twice if they can incorporate that into their story they will do that in a heartbeat i mean i'm pretty sure dr strange had an adventure with houdini at one point so <laughs> anything awesome. is possible okay okay so cagliostro the number one guy uh but then there's this this i guess he had his own library so uh this this episode introduces oh is it obang obang yes and yes, uh O-Bang. and so he's he's taking care of cagliostro's library then yes uh, and so that's actually very interesting because in Marvel Comics, that is an, is the, an alias that uh, Cagliostro went by for the longest time. I mean, Cagliostro in the weirder world wasn't even the guy's real name. So it's in the comics, they kind of took that even further in and made a different guy be Cagliostro. But his name really? is Obey originally. Okay, because yes, was anyone else getting those? Was anyone else getting those vibes? Like, I was kind of thinking like, like Yoda. He is yeah. Cagliostro. Oh, yeah. He like Yoda'd him, right? Like oh, he's- yeah. <laughs> But that's really I, cool, though. I think that's really neat that if that if that is the case, I, I think I think it's really cool too because especially later on, as we you know, as he goes through his uh, strange goes through his growth here, and towards the end, or when he finishes uh, or finally achieves the power he seeks, Obeng's like on his deathbed, and he said, "I've watched you do this for centuries." So 
going along those lines, and again, the comics, uh, he's known for uh, living off of vampire blood, and that's how he prolongs his life to be uh, more everlasting. So I think it'd be in, it's really cool to see that in this universe, it's almost that like he's feeding off of the dark dimension instead. And that mm-hmm. leads to his writing of the book of Cagliostro, where it has, you know, the information of how to draw power from the dark dimension, which again, like, which the ancient one in. did. Yeah. Which right. it, it ties back into the main, the, that main Dr. Strange movie. And it's cool to see where that started with this, sure. this brief glimpse yeah. of the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I totally agree. I also think that he delivered probably one of the most poignant lines about, about, what needed to be accepted and that is death is part of the plan yeah um, I like that. you know and and that you know it was a very simple sort of line but it, it really does speak to what he needed to accept as a character uh in this moment uh that it was all part of the plan uh for for where he where he's come uh so yeah i, I think that his character while very uh very comic booky and very very much tied to the to the lore of of Doctor Strange. I liked how they implemented him into this this episode. Um, to your point, Darcy, they drew that connection from the movie to to uh, this episode. So I thought that was cool. But again, I I think you know for me, I I I, I was kind of liking his character. Now that we've talked about him possibly being Cagliostro, and now that is uh, something from the comics, I love that. Uh, it definitely brings him up for me. But uh, Kevin, to your point earlier, you know, from the standpoint of the relationship with Christine, um, seeing Doctor Strange sort of be like, "We oh, we can go back. We can change this. Don't worry. You don't have to die." Um, with Obang, I j- it, it was a bit of a misstep for me. It felt a little strange. It felt a little off because. They didn't really have that much time together. Uh, and so that was where I was kind of just like, I-, I can sense where you're coming from with the Christine situation um, with, with Obang. I, I almost feel like that that bit at the end there when he's dying, it's, I feel like Strange must, kn- must know that he is Cagliostro. Because like, he wouldn't go out on his limb for some random guy. But if, right? he, if that guy, if he knew that guy was the one who, who wrote down all the secrets that, to the power that he's trying to uh, obtain for himself, I feel like that would make like a perfect connection to be understanding like I want to save my master almost mm. indirectly, but still like strange is where he is now because of him in an indirect, indirect way. So that's what I felt like at least at sure. that uh, moment in the uh, episode. Sure. You could it pull just, that I, from that, but it's not really explored no. at all in the episode. Right. No, I mean, again, it's, it, it's more going back to the, you know, strange's summoning and absorbing uh, things uh, that, a lot of those stuff were, again, you know, based on some real mythical creatures that we have mm-hmm. in the real world. The bug guy that uh, Strange got his, uh, the, or sorry, Supreme Strange, as they call him, I think, got his cape from. That was, that, that and the tentacle guy are, I'm again, pretty sure versions of Marvel's Elder Ones. And I believe the tentacle one is Shuma Gorath. The bug, I can't remember. The snake was set, though. So, like, a lot of those things are, again, drawing from outside reality and stuff like that. For sure. Which is something that clearly... Cagliostro explored when you know delving into the dark dimension which is something outside this world right so and I, I feel is like this that- is this setting up though for what we'll see in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness I, that's what I'm wondering I feel like we might be getting towards that because th- this seems to have a lot of implications in, in into exploring other realities from one point in time and like I mean sure this has a very negative outcome but it is very I think poignant going forward because that strange is like he's the first one we've seen explore like that basically and i think that's very very important yeah and i i like i again this sequence was crazy i was watching this i watched it back again on the plane that i was just on and it was 
crazy to, to sort of see. It was very frightening. I think it's some of the scariest stuff uh, that we've gotten from this series. I mean, we've got zombies coming up at some point. But, um, you know, I, I will want to just go on the record and say I was wrong. Uh, I, I agree. I don't think it is a flurkin. Uh, I definitely have my doubts now. Um, and so, sorry, that tentacle monster that, you know, that we saw in, in episode one, Darcy, what is that? Shuma Gorath. It's, yeah, it's one of their, like, Marvel's versions of Cthulhu, basically. It's very interesting that they were exploring a lot of the, like, again, showing some of those more Elder God ones, because the Darkhold... Uh, that we see Wanda have in WandaVision is uh, the Book of Cthon, which is another one of those elder gods. So it's the fact that they keep drawing connections to those elder gods with leading into Multiverse of Madness, there's definitely going to be a connection somewhere. They've they've laid so many lines down, they, they definitely have to have one of those be a connecting point. Yeah, the quote I pulled was, it's basically an interdimensional being with endless powers that uh, exists only to bring chaos, destruction, and death mm-hmm. to a universe. So, like, it, yeah. it seems pretty fitting that, you know, you got Wanda tapping in with, with the Darkhold, you know, on the other side is is this, like, they're opening a door, obviously, here that is going to to lead to their demise, essentially. <laughs> but which But which Elder God is the gnome? That's what I want to know. Are gnomes in Marvel now? Are they in the no, Marvel universe? You know what I thought as soon as I saw that gnome yeah. was uh, Gravity Falls. I don't know why. That <laughs> totally. just made me think of something that's something you'd see in Gravity Falls. I feel there like is that a was gnome episode. a nod back mm-hmm. to that, basically. Interesting. <laughs> um, now, uh, last week we saw Uatu, the Watcher, uh, show up in the graveyard scene uh, as well as, I believe, in the desert scene. Um, Darcy, I've got you on Watcher Watch this week. Where did we see that big, beautiful purple man? Well, I mean, if I if you didn't see him, you probably <laughs> you, didn't watch the didn't episode. Watch He's yeah. <laughs> this is, I think, an, a very big indication of where the series is going. Yes. Uh, in that we first see him when he when Strange is going through that sequence of you know absorbing all these creatures, and he talks about how uh, this is one possibility, basically, and how he could stop it, but he can't intervene. And the fact that Strange. Like perceives him almost, I think, is a great uh, show of how powerful he's getting. He's starting to obtain, like, be able to see between the, the worlds, basically, and, and see where the Watcher exists, essentially. So I thought that was a really cool way of starting to build that out, and that the, the Watcher is is not, you know, just an invisible guy out there. He he does exist, and they can perceive him if they're mm-hmm. strong enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love thought- that moment when he's when he's sitting there and you he's just alone, and then he turns and he goes, "What?" And you know, we, he heard the narration that we're all mm-hmm. hearing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I thought that was a super cool way to start yeah. that little process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did like how it, they they treated it as you know um, our first interaction extends from our character that we're following with the Watcher interacting with him. I think that that was really smart, rather than necessarily the the watcher just reaching in and interacting um mm-hmm. i think that was really great and yeah to, to darcy's point it just only highlights how how powerful strange is at this moment that he's now able to see beyond everything to see the watcher as he's mm-hmm. as he watches over so yeah i mean we do see him again later on in the episode but we haven't really gotten there in a discussion yet so i'm sure we'll we'll talk about that Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, like, let's kind of. Well, I'm I'm totally down to get into it because I think I think there's kind of a, a tantalizing reveal of of two Doctor Stranges, two Stephen Stranges in the same universe, and you know, I think that ending that we got can yield so many different theories, and of course, we do get more interaction with Uatu. Um, so I want to know, you know, feel free to talk about any of that stuff, but you know, two Stranges in the same universe. Do you think 
all this is connected in in some way, uh, not only to obviously the rest of the series, but to the MCU proper. And if so, it almost felt a bit contrived that they had to create this scenario so we could see two strangers battle each other. The problem is. In the last five months, we've seen this happen in several different TV shows already where a character <laughs> right. faces off against an alter himself. ego of themselves. Yeah. And so I don't know if it was necessary. I don't know who else could have. I mean, he doesn't even help defeat him. So it, was, it did feel kind of redundant in the sense that it still led to the inevitable inevitable downfall of, you know, uh, Sorcerer Strange or, or whatever we're calling him now. Um, and so it just, I don't know, this was just, we've seen it too much that it didn't really ring true as anything original. But I think where it was different is the fact that he failed. And that yeah. was refreshing for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what this, uh, like this uh, basically... Uh, highlighted for me is the fact that how how the time stone works it can't affect the multiverse it only affects the one, the one universe, universe it's in hmm. because that strange we didn't we saw wasn't a variant or anything like that hmm. he was literally just a separate instance of strange in the same timeline right so that's where he's very different from what we've seen in the previous uh, in loki basically where we saw the other versions of themselves in that this was self-contained in one universe these were two strangers who went through exactly the same uh events to have different outcomes. So I think that was a really important thing because again, all the variants had different moments in their lives that changed them and set them on these paths. Whereas these two are identical through and through, except for the fact that comes after their turning point, basically. So I thought that was, I thought it was really cool. Again, it's something that they've done in the comics before where he's, he's split into two. I believe he one's Vincent St uh, Stevens, uh, a billionaire, billionaire playboy. And then his other alter ego or uh, other half is paradox. And both of them end up getting defeated and then sent to the dark dimension. Like it's again taking one straight from the comics and that he's split in half. I, I I just I thought the battle between the two capes was more compelling than the two Doctor Stranges, <laughs> you know. And I, I still don't know what Doctor Strange can do. I don't know what the yellow shields really are and just how powerful they actually are. And so their battle wasn't all that interesting. The capes put on a good show. I, I thought it, I I actually really enjoyed the battle. I thought the animation mm -hmm. was great. It felt very anime, like very reminded me of Dragon Ball for a certain point when like the explosions happen and stuff like that. Um, it, it was cool. I, I do agree though, Kev. I don't think we've seen necessarily enough i think maybe the most that we saw was infinity war and endgame um but yeah i think it, i think that it was cool to see him fail like nate said like i think that that was that was a refreshing part like i thought he was going to defeat him but he didn't but i think the biggest failure comes in you know evil dr strange's decision to keep going with this plan at the sake of an entire universe that's the failure that's that really stands out and was really unique and really original and the other was just a a small road bump that at the end meant nothing no it it, it attributed to the bigger failure yes i agree but to see that the, the good doctor strange the strange that didn't go down the dark arts to try to reverse that one point in time i think that there's context there to say oh well that would have been the doctor strange that would have won but you know it, he didn't inevitably yes this is a this is a tragedy this is a story of a tragedy it's yeah. like indiana jones though no matter what happens the the nazis get the ark and they open it and they all die with or without the participation of Indiana Jones. And so with or without this divergence that um, blitting up these two strangers and then having them confront each other at the end. And at the end of the day, it's it's meaningless. You know, evil strange, you know, wins and goes on to follow through with this crappy plan. Uh, I mean, I think 
I think it's important because like we see that everything he absorbs does have an effect on him personally. So I think absorbing this strange who didn't decide to make that choice will affect him if we see him again. I think that strange will be a different strange than we saw through that whole episode if we return to this character. And I think that second strange is, is the reason why. It's already affected him, right? Yes. You see him yes. immediately say don't don't take what i did and blame you know harm the world for this save christine save the world you know punish me uh and i really really i i kind of dug that aspect and kind of caught on to that as well dars um i have a i have a really messy are you ready to get can you guys get messy with me right now i want to get messy let's get sloppy boys i want to talk about a theory that i have okay this is a very would you say vampiric version of Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. Absorbing the yeah. powers of others. Huh. Those vampire ornaments in the No Way Home trailer <laughs> might be a nod. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Might be a nod here to what's going on. Maybe Pete is not making a deal with the devil, but maybe a deal with this dark Doctor Strange. We've been talking about this off air quite a bit. Maybe, you know, he's gathering the other Spidey villains to absorb them, or maybe he has a method, you know, that he's 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 figured out will work, but he wants to test it out in our MCU. He wants to test it out on Pete um, and not, you know, not mess up another universe that he cares about with Christine or whatever. I don't know. I, I would love to be right on this. I guess my question here is, do you think Marvel would ever actually integrate something like this, you know, the, the, it, it plays, playing into something so heavy for the MCU proper? Well, Brad Winterbaum, who is the executive producer of What If, uh, he, he hinted earlier, and I think the, the uh, what he discussed was, uh, it's no coincidence that Loki, WandaVision, Spider-Man, No Wave From Home are setting up a multiversal war. Uh, so it's only fitting that this series kind of plays into that and, and tying into something like Doctor Strange. So I, I, I think that whether it's it's to be a direct association or maybe more of an inspiration for us to think broader uh in terms of what what how it, how the two can be connected i think it's likely that we will see a a a layer of this find its way over into doctor strange and and speaking of inspirations again and Darcy, thank you so much for getting me on that that Marvel Zombies train. But you know, I'm watching, I'm I'm reading these Marvel Zombies comics, and it's that first five issues. It's all about consuming. It's all about consuming. You know, the other. You know, obviously they're zombies, but then there's another big character that I'm not going to spoil that does come in that wants to consume. And I'm just sort of reading all this, and then I watch this episode, and I'm like, I'm getting these vibes, and I'm seeing these inspirations from the comics proper, um, and especially the fact that zombies are going to be a part of this version of of the stories that we're getting with with What If. Um, I don't know, man. I just I'm kind of really seeing a lot of these ties, and it would be really cool if they had the the boldness to say, "Oh, you didn't watch What If? Oh, well, then you're going to be lost in the MCU proper." I think that'd be so cool. I just don't know if they have the balls to do it. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'd go that 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 overt. I feel like if they are going to be crossing stuff over, they'll be ha- they'll have the exposition in the in the crossover in the event it does happen. Uh, if anything, I feel like again, I'm going to talk going back to one of the earlier questions about what Strange's powers are, uh, and it's, he's a master of mystical art. So basically, any magic that exists in the MCU, he can perform to some extent. I mean, the bands that he uses to bind people are known as the Chris- Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Which again, Sidorak is no uh, has strong ties to the Juggernaut from X Men comics. 
uh, giving him his unstoppable power. Oh, that's uh, cool. The, Book of, the, the Guardian of the Shanti Ward that uh, Wong casts on him before he goes to face the Dark Strange, uh, that's straight from like one of his go-to books, basically. In, in the comics, almost all the spells he uses are from the Book of Vishanti, which is essentially like the light side to the Darkhold's dark side. So it's a book of defensive counter spells and, and, and anti-wards and stuff like that to to stop dark magic from spreading. So if anything, I feel like we'll see more Vishanti going forward when mm-hmm. we're seeing Doctor Strange use his powers. And I love I love all this because they did yeah, they did call out the the Vishanti, the mark mm-hmm. on him, which we saw get like sort of ripped off of him at one point. But you know, I think to Kevin's point, and Kevin, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm I'm really thinking Yes, this, this you know Doctor Strange and all of his powers are he's a comic book character through and through. He's there for you know as part of the MCU for the comic lovers who you know like Darcy just mentioning these things I've never heard of before uh and 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 it's starting to you know tying it in and making so much sense. I think to your point Kevin, we could see hopefully and hopefully Multiverse of Madness does start to establish this a little more and I think they're doing it slowly, but I get what you mean. You might want to have maybe a little bit more of an understanding of what what is he what are his limitations here what can he do what can't he do we know if if you know what happens to spider-man in a certain sense that he'll die right but but with with someone so powerful like dr strange it's like how does that exactly work and i I agree with you i think that could be fleshed out more for his character that would be nice Uh, i mean i will say one thing he can do and that's that he can use the time stone to look at the outcome of different situations and choices, <laughs> 14 million different um, scenarios if he wants to. And, you know, seeing him do that in Infinity War, but then not utilize that ability here was so frustrating. You know, it's like, had he just used that stuff? This is the same Doctor Strange in a lot of ways who was defeated Dormammu and everything like that. He didn't think to once use that stone and say, is there any possible scenario in which I can get her back and the entire universe around me doesn't come crumbling in on itself? So that bugged me too. Oh, I think that was what the time it was representing was was all the possible things. He was trying everything and we saw it more yeah. per, uh, firsthand because yeah. for all we know, the strange in, in Infinity War was going through everything firsthand yeah, to living see it. if that like living in a firsthand experience because I feel like that was the connection right. there because we saw that the, 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 the as soon as he fails he's opening up that stone again so like he's using the stone consciously so I feel like this must be like a, a more visual representation of what he was doing there well I think this episode opens up a lot for for like I, I agree I, with what you guys are saying they haven't really scratched the surface with with Doctor Strange he is a gateway hero though um, and, and that he's going to open a lot of, of sure. portals or doors yeah. into other other Literally. things outside of our reality, if you will. And I know that's why he was so integral for for like Feige and, and, and MCU to really kind of integrate into the, into the cinematic universe because that is a huge part of, of kind of opening that with along with other characters, of course. Uh, but to see him basically become so powerful to destroy a universe like this is pretty this is pretty powerful right like I, I feel like you know they're they're really saying something with just you know how, how if dr strange was to go down an absolute dark path and and become a, a villain 
he could literally bring almost, I guess, worse than Thanos level destruction. And that's and that's what that's what I'm saying. We talk yeah. about this, right? What's going to be worse than MC than than what we've already gotten in the MCU? What's going to be worse than Thanos? Yes, absolutely, a Kang. I'd love to see a Galactus. But what if what if the answer is already there? What if we just need yeah. Doctor Strange to go the Mephisto route? It's what they're what they alluded with uh, Wanda as well, right? In, in my opinion, for sure. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I don't see them going that route with the main uh, characters that we know from the MCU. And also, I feel like it'd be a very odd choice for them to go that route with this Strange. Because again, we saw him already make that. He's already regretting his decisions. Mm. And he's left alone in his own, as a sole survivor of an entire universe. And again, I don't think that universe destruction was, you know, so much him doing it. It was the paradox that was breaking it down. He had the power to, to bring Christine back. So that's super powerful, but it's that act that caused the universe to break down. So I don't know if it was like it was. It's a very interesting way that they they decided to paint that out. And I, I, again, I don't think it'd be odd to go that route and have him be a villain, or specifically this one be a villain after seeing him regret almost instantly what he's done. A paradox breaking the world down, just like we see. In the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm saying it right now. I'm seeing some parallels. Anyways, listen, we are going, you know, there. I've seen 40 million different versions of how this podcast goes, um, but there's only one way we can truly end it, and that is with our uh, f- overall thoughts and our final score, um, which for this episode, we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five absorbed mystic beings. Uh, and for this week, Kevin, we're going to start with you. Oh, again, starting with me again, eh? Uh, Just sort of reiterating what I've said, though. I just thought the absolute point of time and sort of changing the rules for how a what-if works with the start of this episode and and how everything sort of begins to take place, I just, it didn't resonate. It didn't hit with me. I just thought it was a bit of a deviation from the previous three episodes. And so for me, that just really didn't hit home. And then again, in the middle there with with all the silly garden gnomes and and other earth-like creatures that sort of came out as these interdimensional beings, it was a bit too cartoony and again i know it's an animated show but it it hasn't necessarily always felt like that and and in that particular moment it did uh but the one saving grace for me was how dark and just grim that ending did become and that certainly did save my score a bit but this will rank as my uh, lowest episode so far of the series not even going to hit into the fours for me i am going to give this a 3.6 out of 5 absorbed mystic beings all right okay darcy give it to me bud uh, again i this one it's i don't know if i like it more or less than the last episode but i gave the last episode a 5 so if i like it more it's going to be a 5 as well uh, again, I like a lot of how this is, is, is alluding to how the Watcher is, is getting closer to these stories and, and less inclined to sit on the sideline. The fact that he's interacting with this, uh, the players of the series, it seems like, again, is leading towards this, uh, an eventual uh, culmination of the teams coming together to stop some, some evil he can't sit by and watch. Uh, so, and then, uh, again, the ex- exploration through the alternate Doctor Strange. I'm a big fan of time travel and stuff like that, being you know, a huge Doctor Who fan. Uh, so I, I was on board for all the paradox talk and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm probably going to give this one another – I am going to give this one another five out of five absorbed mystical beings because, again, this is what I want from these what-if stories, these these darker explorations of the characters and, and, and referencing comics and still, you know – you know, managing to surprise me despite having read a bunch of these comics. So I, I loved it through and through. 
Very cool. And, and in a way, you know, again, as we mentioned, sort of elevating some of those comics that I and don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert on comics, trust me. But I, having read one comic uh, <laughs> or I've, I've read a few, but I'm just saying like the 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 fact that they can keep that MCU level dialogue. Mm-hmm. While bringing in these sort of crazy ideas, um, I think is is pretty cool. Justin, how about yourself? Yeah, I I liked this episode. I, I really enjoyed it. I I, I liked how uh, for this what if we we took our hero and turned him into a tragic character uh, again, grounding him in something that is r- relatable and and something that the audience can really connect with. Um, I I do think that this was better than 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 the other episodes for that. That's why I liked it. I think it is because it it is so different from the other ones. Um, I think the other episodes, you know, while they have the twists, uh, they can be seen as being more for fan service uh, and really just kind of hitting the notes of ex- just kind of shedding a light on on a, on a character. Uh, this episode added more depth to the character of Doctor Strange. It's meant to add more emotional I guess range to to his character and and what what fuels him, um, and and with that you know the episode does end on an impactful note you know highlighting the the absolute power that Doctor Strange has uh, and reminding us that that really you know there's always another side to the best of who we are and you know at the end of the day I feel like hitting hitting home this idea that there there could be a connection between this and the the, the bigger MCU. I, I like how they're they're sort of flirting with that. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. But I like that they are having fun with it, and that was very apparent in in this episode. Um, animation was great. I love the visuals. Uh, I I love the horror sort of style to to the aesthetic. So uh, I'm gonna give this one not not a perfect score, but I'm gonna give this one a four point five out of five. Absorbed mystic beings. Um, listen, I agree. Uh, I'm more on the Darcy Justin side here, uh, with a little bit of Kevin thrown in the mix as well. I think this episode was a great character study of Stephen Strange. Uh, the pacing was was not the greatest I think for the episode I did think it was a a cool look at the darker side of the mystic arts and Justin yeah the visuals um the mystic beings absorbed as we see time pass I thought that sequence was incredible and I also have to shout out the composer Laura Cartman for this episode for the way the, the music kept blending between that soft really sad piano and then the dark eerie strings and the way mm-hmm. it sort of went back and forth to kind of show the struggle of uh, of of Stephen Strange here um, and, and it was cool to just sort of, you know, the way that it, it, it changed as we see him become unraveled. Um, again, I think, you know, Kevin, to, your, to, to a lot of what you're talking about with the different styles of what is Stephen Strange capable of, where do they lay down the groundwork for us knowing all this information, I think this is Marvel putting the gas to the pedal uh, a little bit. Um, and, you know, obviously we want a smooth drive. We don't want to just, you know, we, we want to have a drive where it builds up and builds up and builds up. We don't want the vroom and then the slowdown. And I think this episode might have done that. And, and it, it's going to rub people the wrong way for sure. So I don't think this episode is going to be for everyone. I think they need to do that a little more gradually. And so this was kind of a, a lot. Uh, otherwise, though, again, a bold move for the MCU. I want more sad stories, please. Uh, and, you know, because as much as I love the comedy, again, my favorite episode of this series still is is the uh, is the T'Challa episode. But, um, you know, I, I do think it's cool to see them explore these non-happy endings um, for these stories as well. And I'd like to see that more than just Infinity War and Endgame and the end of WandaVision, sort of. Um, again, this episode worked in so many ways for me, but I am going to give it four 
4.5 absorbed mystic beings out of 5. That is it for the fourth episode of our Watch Club for Marvel's What If. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, and you might, you might ponder the question, what if? you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, I'm going to throw that question over to our resident timekeeper, Justin. You can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Please give us give us an email. Please interfere. Don't be like the Watcher. Please just interfere with with us and and uh, and send us some emails uh, with questions you have any any crazy like who is this MCU character or who is this sorry comic book character that Darcy can kind of talk about and listen if you are maybe a little bit younger maybe you're on an alternate timeline where emails don't even exist anymore uh, you've got Twitter use Twitter you can tweet us at um, resident timekeeper where was that again. They can tweet us at GeekcentricYT. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. We've never done that before. Let's uh, <laughs> we'll do that again next week uh, and all the weeks going forward. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other content uh, covering the latest things released, uh, some of which is on Disney+. Plus. For instance, we have our spoiler-free review for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, our spoiler-free review for Only Murders in the Building, which the first three episodes are out now on Disney+. Plus. Go check that out. We had such a good time with that show. So much fun. Uh, and, of course, our reaction to something we've been talking about this entire podcast, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer uh, in our trailer drop uh, episode. So go give those a listen. Give them a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin, Darcy, and Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And even though we do not, we cannot, and will not interfere, we are... The Watchers. The Watchers.